Oh, well, it has been a big off-season and we're three days away from the return to NFL action for 2021. Welcome back to all of the thousands of listeners out there. The Ocho Bowl official podcast. Um, as always, I'm your three-time champion, Steve Mann. I'm joined by the reigning champion commissioner, Andrew O'Halloran, and of course, the numbers man, the hipster, the guy who's going to make a real run at it this year, Chris Keane. How are you, boys? And not too bad, thanks. Well, good to be back. Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Uh, pumped, pumped to be back and looking forward to the year. Stephen? It's, um, it's hard to sort of see in your background there, Keeney, but it looks like you've got the old pigskin from about 1950 on a little statue. <laughs> Is that you've sort of been inspired a bit by the commission, his background after draft the other night and just trying to get a bit of memorabilia going? <laughs> I really should. Um, as someone in our league member said, that pristine auction place is stupidly uh, scary. If you spend too much time on there, you can really blow your fab budget, if you know what I mean. But no, that's actually, that's actually a, a globe, I think, oh, to the, list, it, it, to the well, listeners it, out there. I was either going to say it's a weirdly angled NFL ball or it's a gigantic <laughs> cricket ball or <laughs> it's a normal cricket ball and you've just got a really small head. <laughs> so I've actually got a, I've actually... Yes. I've actually got a massive head, so it might just be a small. It might just be a normal size cricket ball. <laughs> I was going to say that might be the first time Kenny's been accused of not having a big head. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh. two minutes in, Kamish with some gags. Jeez, <laughs> um, you're the reigning champ for another eighteen weeks, Kamish. So enjoy it. Or seventeen weeks, or, yeah, I guess seventeen weeks now. So enjoy it while it lasts. Um, boys, how did we enjoy the draft the other night? Yeah, I think it. Um, just saying offline or off air that um, just the addition of Superflex was a bit of a game changer, I thought. Um, I've been involved in a few of them. But I just think the the talent that it pushes down into the second, third, fourth rounds um, just makes, and the strategies behind that as well, behind going um, early for QB and doubling up QB. And we obviously saw a few different um, teams do a few different things. Steve, you, yours was your strategy was interesting. Um, none, none more interesting than Ben. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second, I'm sure. But um, no, I liked it. What do you think, Kamish? Yeah, no, definitely a big fan of it. Like anything that gives you more choices on what you're doing allows sort of a bit more interesting. Whereas one QB, it's sort of everyone's waiting on QBs now, especially traditionally in our league. So sort of seeing them go in the first round and then every time sort of a QB go, everyone would be like, ooh, because it's mm. there's only 32 of them. Yeah. Mm. It was almost... Uh, yeah, it's almost uh, with one QB leagues, it's almost like who's the idiot that takes the QB first? Um, but but I'll, I'll keep lobbying for it, mate. But this is why we need some tight end premium to, to boost up those <laughs> tight end positions. And then you've got all sorts of strategies going left, right, center. So, Keeney, on that point, can you confirm live on the podcast that you thought it was tight end premium when you commenced drafting on Thursday night? A hundred percent own up to that. <laughs> I, I'm in a few different leagues and I've, I've struggled maintaining which setting belongs to which. And um, I was talking to to Woodsy prior to the draft and I because he was worried about um, Travis Kelsey. He was sitting mm-hmm. at pick six, I was pick five. And he was saying, would you take Kelsey at five? And I, I was honest saying, yeah, he's right in the wheelhouse, thinking it was tight end premium. If it was, I was he's right in the wheelhouse. If if I took him at five, I would have been a laughing stock. But anyway, I'm glad I glad I didn't go there. Well, you couldn't have. If you'd taken him at five, you wouldn't have got Kittle at 20. He would have been long gone by then. So 
You couldn't have done the double. Um, well, format of tonight, we're going to go through all of the teams and just give a little bit of an appraisal on the draft, and we'll do it in the order of matchups this coming week. Um, it was very interesting, as you guys said, to see the different tactics that people employed, which we've sort of got to a bit of a efficient drafting model after the years now where on the old settings, everyone would more or less be looking for the same guys. So you had a pretty good idea of who was going to take what. And maybe Ben or Fitzy would go a little rogue, but most people seem to probably follow rankings. I thought this year was the first time in a long time. It was generally just a free-for-all where guys were going all over the shop and everyone was a bit nervous. Did you guys go in feeling a bit nervous about quarterbacks around how long you could wait to start taking them? Because I know I had a few people contact me in the lead-up curious what I was going to do it for and a bit worried that there might not be any quarterbacks left by about round four. Mm. Yeah, well, I was well, sitting at pick five. We can we can get to the commission who was at 10. So it's a bit interesting spread. Me and you, Steve, were at the top of the draft um, and commission you're, you're at the back end of the first round. Um, I was, obviously, I took Lamar. Um, I was pretty keen to lock one away early. Um, and if and look, if, if Lamar and Allen and Mahomes were all gone, I was going to get you know, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara. So I was happy with I was happy with sitting at pick five, knowing that I was going to get one of them. Um, but I kind of I was happy to go into the draft almost saying, I hope that one of those QBs is there for me because I would like to take one. And um I think it's pretty important Superflex to to try and get at least one good one. I don't think you've got to have two or three really good ones, but I think you've got to have one. But that's my opinion. Yeah. I like I thought that Mahomes Jackson, Allen would probably have gone before my pick. And then I knew Havers, Havers told me beforehand that he wasn't going to let Murray get past him. So I was like, oh, well, I'm probably not going to get any of those four. And then I wasn't that big on Dak. So I was like, oh, I'll probably wait. And then sort of in every mock and everything I'd done, I'd sort of waited on my strategy that I sort of go the teams I was happiest with was waiting till sort of the eighth, ninth round and then taking um like tour and then sort of taking two or three sort of like car fitzpatrick those sort of guys so that's what i was planning on doing and then but then sort of Tannehill, i was like he was a player i liked the best of that pick i was like oh, i'll just take him and then brady fell to 58 which brady I think, is a great value yeah so that's he what is. i was like well i'll just do that and then just load up on because my plan was to get a bit more running backs early but instead i just loaded them up on the end and Hopefully, I'll hit on one of them. So, Manny, do you want to talk to the viewers about your? You, you had an interesting strategy. Obviously, your first—I think you're the last team to grab a QB, but then you basically went on a QB tear, um, taking yeah. taking four out of your next five picks. So, do you want to talk us through what, how you went into the draft, and and how you thought you executed it? I thought I executed it quite well. I basically um, no, I, I I thought that everyone would be really nervous about QBs early. And then I thought, I've just got to like hold my nerve here because there's no way anyone's going to take a third QB when they've got no other positions set, you know, where they got one wide receiver, one running back, which basically means if I do the maths and someone goes QB, QB, say wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, tight end, I'm basically at the eighth round and I can still guarantee I'm going to be able to get a couple of picks in of QBs. So in that case, I'm just going to try and build a completely stacked team. And then 
whatever's left, I'm just going to mop it up. And ideally, I wanted to come out with minimum three, ideally four QBs that I could start to use some of the other ones as trade bait through the year. And also, I thought if I'm taking late ones, I probably want some options just to see who hits and who doesn't. So, yeah, I just I just kind of gambled on what I thought everyone else wouldn't do, if that makes sense, as opposed to you know anything too scientific. I know when you look at I, I did look at some rankings and I realized everyone tries to take the QB early. So I'm not saying my my approach is textbook, but looking at the way my side ended up, I was relatively happy that worked. Did you have um, a team? Was there like a quarterback that what was the sort of lowest quarterback you would have been happy to QB one? Did you have someone that you're like, I don't want to get past them? Uh no, I would have taken anyone. I mean, I <laughs> I, I kind of Kirk, right? in my head thought I, oh, I'm gonna end up with like Roethlisberger Fitzpatrick type thing, that. or I'm gonna end up with Baker Mayfield and yeah, you know, Jameis Winston or something. And I really like Jameis because I sort of not to uh, cast shade on any of our league members, but I thought there's a reasonable chance everyone's just downloaded some rankings here. And I thought there's also a reasonable chance people have downloaded rankings like a week ago and may not have updated for things like Jameis Winston being named as the starter for the New Orleans Saints or, you know, J.K. Dobbins doing his knee. So I, I reckon oh. people were, were using outdated stuff. So anyway, I, um, I kind of thought, I reckon I'm going to be out it. Unless someone else thinks the same way, I probably can get Jameis in the hundreds and I'd be kind of happy with him as a QB and I literally got to get one other. So don't really want Kirk Cousins. That's my only issue is he was so far above everyone else when I did the one, but I don't like him. don't want him. So anyone out there wants to trade? Anyway, um, let, let, let's, I, I guess enough about our teams up front. We'll, we'll talk to them when we get through the matchups. Um, let's, let's jump in and kind of talk, talk to everyone's drafts as we kind of go through their games, we, we might start with the Cam and Camo matchup this week, which is one of the closer ones. They're projected to be very close. So Cam's draft, he obviously came in with pick 11. Um, we won't go through their entire list, but we might just go through the starters. So he's got Dak Prescott at QB and Baker Mayfield as his super flex. But then Saquon Barkley and James Robinson as his two running backs, Ken and Allen, Robert Woods, and... Uh, my man Devonta Smith as his three wide receivers, Mike Kosicki as his tight end, Philip Lindsay as his flex as another running back. Uh, how did you guys think Cam went? Obviously coming off a pretty good, pretty big year last year. Reckon he's shaped up to continue that form? I, I thought the most interesting part about Cam's team, which and it's a player you didn't mention, was he took Michael Thomas in the sixth round. Now, mm, obviously, with yeah. our keeper keeper rules, that, that can be a nice play for next year. But um, just with the amount of talent that was around him that probably he passed up for someone who's going to sit on his IR for, you know, I think eight to ten weeks. Um, you went through it last year, Manny. Mm. Um, but obviously, if, he, if Cam can be there about for the first eight weeks and you can insert him into the lineup, that's, that's a steal. Plus, you get his keeper value next year. I just thought mm. that kind of theory about where I was always interested to see where he would go this year um, in the draft. I've seen him go pretty late and probably around six was pretty high for mine. But um, yeah, it's look, a, I bit thought, of a yeah. bit of a swing for the fences approach. And if you look at the fact that Thomas is going to sit on IR, he's only taken four wide receivers apart from him when you've got to start three. Yeah. So he's left himself very thin at that position. 
Yep. Yep. And um, you know, one's a one's a rookie, one's a second year player who didn't have a great rookie year in in rugs. So um yeah, maybe maybe a touch thin in that area, but um and then and then it's interesting, like his running backs, so Barkley, obviously there's some question marks there for me, even though he's got upside. So for me, it's a pretty, pretty kind of upside team, maybe a bit of a lower floor. James Robinson's another one that I'm not convinced he's got like workhorse role yet. Mm. They just signed, they just signed Duke Johnson. Um, still got Carlos Hyde there. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think like especially if I'm taking Barkley. Like he's sort of he's taking Robinson who I, I don't mind. I like I think I like Robinson a bit more than most. But then he's gone he hasn't taken another running back till Moss and Lindsay in the hundreds, where like Barkley might not be Barkley for a couple of weeks at least. Like they say he's gonna play week one, but I mean he's probably gonna be on a snap count. So um where he's taking Thomas or Smith, like I had a look. You could have gotten like Gus Edwards instead of Thomas or um, Mike Davis or instead of Smith, maybe Mostert or um, Kareem Hunt or, you know, someone that sort of shows up that position and then take in the wide receiver a bit later where I think there's a bit more value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's the that's the opportunity cost of reaching for Michael Thomas and, yeah. and swinging for the fences, as you say, man. It, it comes at a cost. And the cost is you could have had, as you said, Gus Edwards, who could be a really nice play this year. Um, mm. Instead of sitting Michael Thomas on your IR all year, or if like, Cam, year, I think yeah. he said at the draft that he did not realize he was going to be out for that long when he picked. Oh, him. really? <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. He did take Devontae Booker, so he's he's to handcuff Saquon. Although I think that I think I said handcuff. I'm not too sure. Yeah, <laughs> is that a new? What, what position? It's, is it's that? the new foot and mouth disease. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's bad. a as a handcuff. I think. It sort of makes sense at face value, but bigger risk with Saquon is that they do some sort of timeshare as they're using back in those couple yeah. of weeks, which it's hard, hard neither starting. of them are great starters. Interestingly with Cam, it's a real injury-weary team because he's got Dak Prescott who's coming back off the horrific broken yeah. ankle leg last year. Saquon coming back off his ACL. Um, it was an ACL, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a yeah. horrific ACL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's, <laughs> he's got... Um, uh, Michael Thomas, who's basically had a completely interrupted year last year as well. And yeah. then you've got so, Greg the Legs Erline, whose leg basically fell off last year in the kicker position. So Zach Moss, Philip Lindsay, uh, Blake Jarwin as well. Blake Jarwin. Loves a loves a former injury injury player. But yeah, no, look, I think um it's it's got upside. I think he's wide receivers. If Devontae Smith is um, you know, kind of half as good as what he looked like at college, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Devontae Smith's a pretty Nice little stack in Dak Prescott. Baker Mayfield is not too far off one of the best combos, I reckon, in the league. So I think he'll be in the mix again if some of those injured guys hold up. Um, Moving on to his opponent, week one, and the guy who very little chance he listens to this. We've talked on the group chat about the need to have an intervention for this guy because doesn't rock up to the Zoom calls, doesn't engage with anyone when it comes to trades, doesn't reply to any of his text messages, just is either completely obsessed and besotted with Justin Herbert or is just completely obsessed and besotted with Melbourne Football Club's tilted flag. But either way, Ocho's clearly not on his mind at the moment, and that's Camo, of course. Um, Camo 
from the quarterback position, took Pat Mahomes with Sam Darnold in his Superflex. He's got, uh, where are we? He's got Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris as his two running backs. He's got Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton as his three wide receivers. Noah Fant as his tight end. And he's got Corey Davis in his flex at the moment. Um, and notably as well, He's got the guy that we talked about a little bit, Javante Williams. I think a few of us were targeting him, uh, sitting on his bench as a running back. He's got the Chargers defense, which should be a surprise to absolutely no one. <laughs> and most importantly, Mr. Irrelevant, he's got goggles. Uh, who was, he took with the last pick of the draft. I was going to say, um, um, as a bloke, I'm a fan of Camo, but um, I'm not sure we need to give him a heap of oxygen given he didn't give us any airtime uh, <laughs> on Thursday night at all. Um, and, and, to to pile on to that, the the fact that he took goggles, it just it just rips, rips my heart out. It is disrespectful. Um, I, I've already talked to him about it. Um, his his comeback was he had two hundred fifteen picks to pick him, which is probably fair enough. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm still I'm still flat as I reckon. Yeah, go, going on to his team just really quickly. To probably the biggest talking point with you two, who would you, who would you have taken at one? So obviously he took Pat Mahomes at one. Um, was that something you guys would have done or? No, I would have taken CMC, 100%. Yeah, I'm probably yeah, a think, similar boat. I think I'm the same. I, I To be honest, I, you know, not this is about my team, but I really wanted Kamara. So I think I almost would have tried to change, trade it. But if I if I had to take it, I think CMC as well. Yeah. Um, yep. Couple of call-outs for Camo's team for me. Uh, first one, he took Trevor Lawrence, the number one draft pick. So he's taken him in the fifth round. And he's not uh, which, starting him this week at the moment. No, not starting him. Um, I guess, you know, week one of his career, you know. Could you better get a better him. matchup? You've got to start him anyway. You've got to yeah. start him at Houston. Yeah, mate, Sam yeah. Donald, yeah, true. Yeah, I guess. I've got to, I don't mind Sam Donald this year, but I think you, you're probably right. Interestingly, he, you took him at the 4-5 turn, of course, and chose to take him at five. So clearly probably is thinking there's a bit of a chance here he, of he he navigated that he navigated that issue a bit better than what Ben did. He was a bit <laughs> confused with the four five split. <laughs> um, every, every every turn it was which one should I take first? <laughs> the bloke you want to bloke you don't want to keep mate. <laughs> the the um the other the notable one for me was Cam Akers at 162 in the 14th round. So obviously mm-hmm. that's just a nice little tuck in the back pocket for a round 11 pick next year as a keeper. So the keeper element's been really interesting because we'll cover it on a few teams, but littered throughout the draft, guys, just taking someone going, yeah, I'll just divert this round to a next year pick and on we go. Yeah. And without talking too much about his team, because I, I honestly don't think we should because of how disrespectful he was on Thursday. But he's actually picked up a second kind of goggles member there. Tony Jones Jr., the Saints backup running back. He's actually mm. a, a real glasses kind of operator. So is he's he really? a double goggle. <laughs> yeah, he's double goggled up. He's um he's I'm guessing pick. as well as glasses, Tony Jones has got some set of chompers on him yeah, as well. Yeah, he's got good chompers, yeah. So yeah, he's he's busy on Sundays actually normally, but um <laughs> nice of him to get released for the NFL season. <laughs> well, I mean, just um stay away from Beck Judd. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on Barbecue. to Oh, do you want to give a tip for that round before we move on? Oh, yeah, I guess so. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping Cam. Oh, yeah, we've got to do a tip. Are we actually going to... Oh, why don't we actually make record and 
Yeah. Oh. oh, if you want to do that, Kamish, can we actually like um, actually go back and see how we how we went? Yeah. Need need some ownership here. Um, I'll I'll take Camo week one. I'm also taking Camo. Sellouts. All right, moving on. The <laughs> probably most anticipated game of the week because it involves two of the podcast hosts, and that's me and Keeney. Um, yeah. Why don't we start with your lineup, Keeney? So you've you've gone Lamar Jackson in the first. You've then basically neglected to take any running backs for a long time. So your two starting running backs are James White and Ronald Jones. Your wide receivers, Calvin Ridley, Deontay Johnson, and Justin Jefferson, who very stiff not to be the rookie of the year last year. Um, <laughs> tight end premium, Kyle Pitts, the rookie, ah, as your starting tight end. Um, I should have mentioned your super flex, who is Tua Tagovailoa. I'll just call him Tua from now on. Um, yeah. In your super flex. And then you've got Laviscus Chenault, obviously inspired by the recent Chris Collins in the discus at the Olympics. It's taking that one, I assume. Um, I only mention, I don't think we're bothering the kickers, but I will mention Ryan Suckup because that's a bit of a controversial yes. one going into this game. And then you've got the Broncos Talk to me. D. Talk to me about so Ryan Suckup. Suckup. Uh, so I could I could play mind games here, but I'm just going to give you the actual truth. I forgot that I drafted a kicker because I never do. <laughs> so I took him as the best matchup and then I quickly went to put him in the field and realised I had young way who. So I just popped him straight away again. Wait, so there was wait, hold on. So there was a time when your roster had two kickers on it. Yeah, there was. It was about two minutes. Oh, not even that's like twelve seconds. I literally, yeah, because you know, like there's no waivers, so I just added him. Straight away went to team lineup and was like, oh whoops. <laughs> so I just dropped reckon- him straight away again. Do you reckon Fitzy's got auto notification when someone has two kickers on their roster? Like Steve <laughs> now has two kickers and then he can text you saying, great work, mate. Yeah. Do you want to trade for one? I'm looking yeah. for a three-kicker stack. Manny, was there any thought of starting suck up in the Superflex? Oh. Oh, I forgot that's possible. Um, oh, yeah, maybe that's where you're going with it. Well, not, not anymore, mate, because I've swooped. I <laughs> and picked him up off waivers. So don't even I said I don't it, like Kirk Cousins, but I think I'm probably still starting over. So anyway, let's talk your team, King. Um, <laughs> this is not about me yet. So t- talk us through your well, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth round, was it? No, ninth round before you took mm. the quarterback. Oh, sorry, running back, I should say. Yes. Uh, tactical or just best available leading up to then? What, what were you thinking? Even you um, don't really have any starters. Now, nah, pretty tactical. I, um, I obviously, as I mentioned, I wanted to have basically went into it wanting a top line QB if I could get one, um, which I think I was able to do. Um, happy to was kind of wanting to get either Lance or Fields as well as that upside play towards the back end of the year that I mm. think are going to have really good uh, upside in that super flex position. I think Fields went. A, a few picks before me, so I was kind of getting worried. I didn't probably didn't want to take him that early, but once Fields went, I was like, I better take him now before it's too mm-hmm. late. So um, took Lance in the sixth round. Um, and look, the kind of my my whole strategy is is trying to um, have a better flex position than most. Um, so with that, you, you're going to give up some areas. I'm hoping to make up that throughout the season on the waiver wire if I can. I don't mind Ronald Jones as a decent, decent enough starter. I actually like James White in PPR this year a lot. He was top 10 in PPR like two years ago. 
um, mm. rookie QB, check down City. Uh, Bill mm. Belichick will want him to look after the ball. I think James White has got a lot of PPR upside this year, so I'm comfortable starting him as the second. And we'll mm. we'll have to make up some ground in that position, obviously. But um, I'm hoping the rest of my team can can hold me in okay stead. You go, why did you go Lamar over Josh Allen? Um, I believe in Lamar more than Josh Allen. <laughs> I like Lamar better. I just like him better. Um, if yeah, I, I'm I with you, if if last year and the year before were reversed in timeline, yeah, no, there's no conversation. Yeah, correct. Uh, they've both had one great year. It's just the order is why people thought Josh Allen should go higher than Lamar. Yeah. The other thing is, um, look, Josh Allen, yeah, he he's a massive regression candidate, but that's okay. That's just my opinion. Um, and I, I think they did a lot in the offseason, the, the Ravens, to help Lamar in the passing game as well. Um, now, a few of them are injured at the moment, but I think once they get Bateman back... Um, Andrews, I think they've got enough weapons for him to actually throw the ball a bit more um, and therefore open up the running game a little bit more with his legs. I just think he's got huge appeal. Um, and there's probably not a lot between them, to be honest. I just enjoy him better than Alan. That's kind of what it came down to. But it's interesting. It's, it's me, V. Woodsy again with that one. He's a fun player to have on your team where he just could yeah, stop for a 50-yard touchdown at any moment. Yeah, and I suppose Josh Allen's fun in the way that if they get inside the 10, you're a huge chance he's going to rush it in. Yeah. So same with Kyler Murray. So those three guys are, are pretty fun to have in that in that regard. So uh, Travis Etienne similar. I'm hoping Trey Lance is similar. Um, well, yeah. Actually, sorry, just on that before we move, I do want to ask about Etienne. But Trey Lance, interesting for me. So um, you mentioned Fields and Lance. You wanted one of them. The thing I found really peculiar was Fields went at 61, Lance went at 68, and at 71 was Joe Burrow. <laughs> and if you think of the three of them. Joe Burrow is a number one pick with more hype going into a year who's actually, other than the fact that he did his ACL, but he's supposedly fully fit, but he's actually delivered. The other two are unknowns. Uh, yeah. Do you guys believe think... that the two rookies went before him? He doesn't run, though. Like he, yeah, not, yeah. He's, I mean, I think, yeah, with Fields and Lance, you're hoping for, like, for, if they come in McGee, you're hoping to get, you know, a touchdown every second game or to every three games or whatever, plus like a 50 yards rushing or so. Yeah. I think Jalen Hurts is in a similar kind of category. I, it's just probably more the ceiling that I was going for. Like if mm. if, Tua, if Tua can get me by for six weeks, I think the Niners are going to get Trey Lance involved. I don't think they're going to stick with Jimmy G for that long, to be honest. But that's just my opinion. I think Justin Fields will be in quicker than what Trey Lance will be as well. So I like that pick as well. Um, I would have preferred to take Justin Fields not as my only QB in Superflex, but um, we'll get to that <laughs> in a sec. Um, ETN, though, um, yeah, that was – I was happy to kind of, at that point in the draft, 13, knowing that I was kind of down the path of, well, I'm not, I'm not missing out on anything special here. Um, I think I can take some guys I like in run, at running back later on anyway, so I'll just stick him in IR and hopefully have a nice keeper next year um, if they do get rid of Robinson or if they do change things up. In Jacksonville, so that was purely a keeper play for next year. Yeah, no, makes sense. Um, so my lineup: so I got James Winston at QB with Kirk Cousins at Superflex. Now, with that out of the way, hold on to your hats because this is basically like naming the top ten from here. So my running backs: Alvin Kamara and <laughs> um, and uh, DeAndre Swift. 
I've got uh, DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Brown and Tyler Lockett as my three wide receivers, Mark Andrews as my tight end, and um, at the moment, Chase Edmonds as my flex, although I might switch that to Josh Jacobs by game time, if you're honest. Um, and then we mentioned before Young Wei Koo and Washington as my kicker and defense. And Ryan Suckup. Um, Ryan Suckup, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> if I didn't, if I knew it wasn't tight end premium, I probably would have taken Swift at 44, the pick. I took Pitts, but anyway. But that's, mm-hmm. I think that's good value. Looking at that straight away, I actually think um, I'm obviously a big DeAndre Swift fan, as you know. But, <laughs> um, and I love AJ Brown. Um, I, I think we were talking as well, Steve. If you didn't take Kamara, that was probably who I was going to take at five. I think he's got an enormous ceiling. Mm, like the Saints yeah. have nothing to throw to at mm. all. Um, I think he could get like 20 touches a game. Like he could have, you know, eight to 12 receptions in PPR. He could be an absolute monster. Um, mm. So still got that um, six touchdown game ringing in my head from last year <laughs> late yeah, in the season. I wouldn't wouldn't expect that too often but um well I'll take your, every uh, second. So so talk to us about what you kind of went into the draft hoping for. Uh, so I made the pre-draft trade with Havers where I traded out my 21 and I yeah. got in um oh, a bunch of middle round picks basically. And so I must admit I was pretty unhappy with the trade where Austin Eckler slipped to 21 and I could have had him. Um, but having said that, when I originally sort of planned out what I thought, as I mentioned, I was going to wait on quarterback. So when I originally planned out what I thought, I was hoping to get someone like a DeAndre Hopkins at 21 or a Kelvin Ridley. So to get him at 28 basically just catapulted me, not just where I expected to be, but also ahead because then I was going to have all these flurry of picks coming up afterwards. So no, I'm really happy. I, like the way I sort of look at it is, by sacrificing quarterback, and I think I'm still fine for quarterback. I've got enough guys to pick from. See the who knows what happens with Sean Watson. I could suddenly have a jet if something changes there. Otherwise, I've got to um, keep a pick for next year. But I've kind of got Kamara and Swift, Jacobs and Edmonds, who are all sort of, you know, four genuinely solid starting running backs to pick from. Got DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown, and Tyler Lockett, who from memory I think are all about top. 20, probably even higher, maybe even higher um, yeah, wide receivers. Sure. Mark Andrews, Logan Thomas in tight end. That's two probably top eight tight ends. Um, so I just feel like every position I've got solid, not just good players, but depth. So I feel I feel pretty happy. You got a uh, nice little keeper stash as well, I see, my boy. Rashad Bateman. Big yep. Rashad Bateman fan. Yeah, yeah, Rashad Bateman and then Quez Watkins, just, you know, another... Hail Mary at the keeper, although I don't know if I'm going to be able to hang on to him to Sean Watson. Tried to just, even like a Logan Thomas, I reckon he could have a massive break that year. I just saw him there at the 11th round and thought, like, I'll um, shortchange someone else, and you just never know for next year. To Sean, because you can't put him on IR, because it looks like they're just going to. Yeah. Give you that news. So is that, is, you know, are you still happy with that pick knowing that you're going to lose a bench spot pretty much for the whole year? Yeah, I'm okay because I'm pretty, as I've demonstrated before, pretty happy to not play a kicker until I have to. And you know, <laughs> I've got, I've got to basically protect my three main wide receivers, all my quarterbacks, and my four running backs, and everything else other than tight ends is expendable. So there's still four spots to play with. So I'm okay with it. 
Are you worried with um, your running backs? Swift, bit bit injured, and there's talk about um, Jamal Williams taking some of his work, and then Josh Jacobs they brought in. Um, I can't remember. So, um, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Kenyon Drake, and they don't seem to want to use him as much as they should because he's so talented. Are you worried this sort of you could drop off at running back there? Nah. Like, <laughs> right, Jacobs is my running back four. When you've got, like, a guy who's a theoretical top 10 pick as your fourth best running back, you know. Like, and he's a, if I want him, he's a round three keeper for next year if he goes back to what he was the year before. You know, I, I'm okay there. I, I, I just think... My team is just guys that slipped, basically. Like Kamara, whatever, but Hopkins, I don't think anyone thought he'd be there at 28. AJ Brown, surprised he's there at 41. You know, Keeney, you mentioned Swift at 45. No one thought he'd be there then. Tyler Lockett was probably maybe thought he would go around there. Josh Jacobs, I didn't expect him to be there at 56. I was really, really keen at 56 to take someone like Gus Edwards. Um, And then if I'd known that... James Robinson was there. I 100% was like, yeah, I'm all over that. But obviously, Jacobs was there too. He was better than all of yeah. them. So yeah. I just felt like my team was one of those. So even Mark Andrews at 76. Like, I purposely didn't take a tight end. I still got the, with the fourth <laughs> or fifth first one. Yeah. So, no, happy at this point. I, I could lose by 60 points week one and toys will be thrown out of the cot. But no, right now. No, because well, I'm tipping you. The projections are you'll win by 25, mate. So <laughs> I think if I remember last year, which didn't go well for me, it's probably fair to say. Week <laughs> one, I had a big win and topped the league in scoring and got on the podcast and just gloated. <laughs> and that was basically the end of my streak for the year. So, um, yeah, I know I'm highest projected for this week, but I'm, I'm not getting too far ahead of myself at this point. And if you do that this year, you get 25 bucks. Yeah, I will true. tip myself though. Just to, <laughs> and you are projected to win by 25, but I will point out Kyle Pitt's projection of four is interesting. Yeah. And the Bron- and the Broncos D has a touchdown in them. I know they do against uh-huh. Danny Dimes. So look out, Manny. Oh, no, I agree. I'll, I agree. I'll well, tip, last time I'll I looked, you didn't have a kicker either. I see you do now. You've got my man. I'll, I'll tip myself. Up. I'll tip myself. Thank you. If you could find a market somewhere for certain to score a touchdown at any point, I feel like I mean, it's just got yeah. that written all over it. I hope they do. I'm hoping Tyrod either gets stabbed in the lung again by the doctor <laughs> or throws about six interceptions and they just have no choice but to bring Deshaun Watson back because that could work out quite well for me. <laughs> That's an amazing set of circumstances. <laughs> you got that down, Kamish? What was I sorry? Two two tips for Manny, one tip for Kenny. Thank you. All right. We're all about accountability on this pod. I just put you guys as NA. I feel like you can't tip yourself. Oh, no. You have to no, tip you yourself. Tip you can. We're tipping no, every right. game. No, um, moving on. So we've got Reese coming up against Havers. So let's start with Reese with the what's his team name? Gibson free ant only fan subs. All right. <laughs> Um, I think it's meant to be like give some free. Ah, gotcha. He does have an OnlyFans logo, which is looks quite good actually on the white background. So he's got Aaron Rodgers as his starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts as his super flex. 
Dalvin Cook and Antonio Gibson as his two starting running backs. Uh, Marvin Jones, Amare Cooper, Robbie Anderson as his wide receivers, Austin Hooper as his tight end, and Marquise Brown, Hollywood as his flex, Sanders and 49ers as his kicker in defense. What did you guys like about his draft? Well, this is kind of the opposite of of my approach where he's gone pretty running back heavy um, with with Cook, Gibson, um, Stiff with Dobbin. So that that hurts straight away, obviously. Um, And Gordon, Gordon's a bit of a question mark for me. Um, Although he took him on Dobbins, so he took him after the injury. You took him in the 10. Oh, yeah, of course. He did yeah. too, didn't he? Yeah. So that was so, a key so, sort of setup. That's right. Yeah. So he, he's gone just in the order. He's gone Cook Gibson. So bang, bang, running back. Then he's yeah, taking his two quarterbacks. Then he's gone his three wide receivers. And then he's gone back and taking another fire running back with J.K. Dobbins in the 10th as his last one. Yeah. Look, personally, I'm not a huge fan of his three receivers. I think they're wide mm. receiver two, wide receiver three, and wide receiver three, respectively, in their teams, um, mm. which is a bit of an issue. And I just think there's a few question marks at running back for him. Um, Gordon, I'm not sure. They're so high on Javante Williams. Um, I think he's going to have early season work, but from the back end of the year, I'm not sure I want to be holding on to Melvin Gordon. He's out of contract. I think they're going to get rid of him. Mm. Um James Connor, as you said, they've got Chase Edmonds in there. Um, so that's a little bit of an unknown. Um, but I suppose he's got the two studs at the top, and that's that's why you take those two guys. So um, he, he'll need those two guys to stay healthy. He'll need Philly to persist with Jalen Hurts and not turn to Gardner Minshew. Um, I, I think he's just got a few question marks throughout his team that if it goes wrong, it could go really wrong. Hmm. Hmm. Yep, I agree with that assessment. Um I think that he's he's sort of gone a bit. It's not early, I know, but taking Rogers, you know, you're sort of hoping he repeats last year, which pretty hard to do with the season he had. But equally, Rogers and Hertz is a very formidable couple of running backs. But then he's gone no others, so no depth at running yeah. back. He gets an injury there. At QB, um, yeah. So QB, yeah, he gets an injury there, and which obviously Jalen Hurts, the type of running back, he a quarterback, he is. He's the type that could very easily get injured. Um, Rogers has been pretty durable over the journey, but yeah, a bit of a high risk. But, there. but he does have a lot of upside players too. But again, see, Rogers is another one for me in that question mark bracket. Um, what's his What's his mentality? What's his motivation this year? He's going to get traded at the end of the year. He wants to leave, or there's mm. there's something going on. I just that's another player with. A, I have no idea what you're going to get from him, and I think you're paying for what he did last year. Mm. Um, is he going to be focused on the game when he's watching Denver Broncos games to see his future team um, all on the sidelines? <laughs> it just—it doesn't mean. Look, it doesn't mean that his team can't be really good because I think, as you said, he's got some high upside players. Uh, I've just got some question marks on a lot of them. That's all. I just, as I said, I think if you if you look at the worst case scenario, it could be pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Moving along then, our next one is Havers. So I must admit, I'll say up front, I really like this team. Yeah. I so he's know. got Kyler Murray as his quarterback. He's got Teddy Bridgewater as his superflex. He's got Kareem Hunt, Austin Eckler as his starting running back. Stefan Diggs, Curtis Samuel, Chris Godwin as his three wide receivers. Hawkinson as his tight end. And he's got Cooper Cup in his other flex position. Uh, not playing a kicker at this stage. And he's got the Steelers D. The, um, pretty handy. I, can, 
Oh, yeah, very handy. I like his team as well. Um, I can make this joke because I took him last year, but the fact that he took Daniel Jones seven rounds before Teddy Bridgewater and Teddy Bridgewater is already in as he's superplex, I found There's <laughs> <laughs> not a heap of confidence with Daniel Jones. Well, I, I reckon he's taken it's an interesting team because it's like, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it's a possible solution to what happened. He's taken a team that's literally full of guys that we discussed heavily on the podcast last year. <laughs> I don't know if this is just Hayes wanting a bit of me, me, me time. Because we talked about how good a pick Kyle Murray was. Because he was obviously a middle rounds for last year who blossomed. Stefan Diggs was arguably the pick of the draft, taken yep. in the 50s or whatever. And we talked all year about Jared trying to trade him. Um, he got the steal of Eckler, which we talked about. He took Daniel Jones, who was very disgusting. He took Sony Michelle, who was the old fall out of the line discussion <laughs> from last year. So it's almost like he's just literally going, I'm going to take anyone. He took Will Fuller. You know, we talked about him a lot as a drug cheat last year. <laughs> just a real me, 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 get me on the podcast type selections by Havers. Yeah. I don't know. One thing with Havers' team is that, like, if Eckler, you know, doesn't perform, he's got some real yeah. issues at running yeah. back. Yeah. I think there's going to be Keeney and Havers, the first like running back <laughs> that pops on week one. Just who can spend more fab on them after week one? <laughs> yeah, spot on. Yeah. Spot on. Kyler and um, Jones, Bridgewater, I reckon is, is sort of... It's the textbook Superflex stable yeah. quarterbacks, I reckon, because you've got one who's just a lock and you've got two yeah. guys that you can pick the best of. The other two who both have upside. Yep. No, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I quite like that blend of of those three. Um, it helps when you can get an elite one to be able to pair them off against mm. Jones, who's got some rushing ability, um, but we're still a bit unsure about him. And Teddy, who I think is pretty safe in a pretty... I know you're yeah. not as high on the offense, Andrew, but I kind of am. I think Teddy can be... Like, if you if you think Sam Darnold can be good because of the weapons around him, I think you've got to think that Teddy can be just as good as well. Um, I agree. And, and Teddy's so, just solid. If you look at his yeah. career, he's just, when he was played with the Vikings, he was, he had one season and he, he just did everything he could possibly want. Um, Blair Walsh was the only reason he didn't have a playoff oh, win fuck. that year. He then just destroyed his oh. knee. And then he kind of came in and when he, whenever he's played it, you know, subsequently with New Orleans, he was, he was fine when he was in. He's just yep. been solid wherever he's gone. And so he's a, you know, he'd really fit in at sensible haircuts. Right? I mean, he's just a real solid <laughs> And Daniel Jones, I reckon, will be upside. So I really like it. Really like so it. Who, who who's he dropping, do you reckon? Tyrell. For the kicker. Yeah. It's going to be Tyrell. Probably has to be, doesn't it? I, I, I did but still, him, but Tyrell, I think he's, Tyrell's yeah. the wide receiver one in, in Detroit. Maybe it's not him. Yeah, it could be yeah, It could be Evan Ingram. There's... Eskridge? Did he draft him? No. No. Okay, he's picked him up. Oh, yeah. so he's dropped someone already. Yeah, he has. Who has he dropped? Let's try and work this out live on the air. <laughs> he has dropped. No, he's Very moved quick. someone to IR. He's moved forward. Ah, yeah, right. Sorry. He's suspended. But that's for one week, so. Uh, he's going to double problem in after mm. week one. Maybe no kicker. Kicker not required. Well, I they like are. that sort of arrogance. He's projected to lose without a kicker. So... On to our tips. I'm going to tip Avers in this one. Just love his team and the fact that he's basically projected level without a kicker. Says it all, really. 
Kiffin Reese. I like Reese. I think early on, I think I'm a bit higher on Melvin Gordon than you guys are, especially early on. I think when there's like a rookie running back that everyone likes and an experienced guy, the experienced guy gets more work than people think because everyone's sort of excited by the new guy. Whereas like Gordon's still a good player. Like, um, mm. and especially early on, they've got a couple of good matchups. So they might just try and run him in a bit to get like, they want to bank those wins. I would, I would say that's a good point, but here's the counter to that argument. Currently, Melvin Gordon's on his bench. Oh, well, <laughs> well I'm sticking with Reese, but Reese, if you listen to this, put my boy in. Mm. I'll, Interestingly, go, I'll go Havers too. I think Havers will win. On the Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon point, anyone that watched Javante in the preseason would have got very excited, but he did all that damage against the Vikings who literally played their third strings for the yeah. entire game. Yeah. So everyone looked good. Like KJ Hamler got an 80-yard touchdown in that game. Like it just made Drew Locke look like an absolute, you look like Patrick out there. So there was a yeah. little bit of, you know, the teams won't buy into it, but as, the, you know, fantasy fans at home sitting there watching, like, oh, look at his stats. He must be a gun. The only so, thing is they played uh, Melvin Gordon in the third one with kind of like their backups and rested Javante Williams, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Um, but look, I think, he, I think you're right, Andrew. I think he's going to have some sort of role early on, particularly early, you'd think. Um, you know what American coaches are like? They just ride the hot hand, which doesn't make any sense to me, but um, yeah. whatever. It could also be he plays well early on and then if Denver aren't doing well, they might ship him out to a, yeah. probably, you know, Baltimore or somewhere and try and get yeah. a pick for him. Yeah. Well, speaking of roles, uh, these two boys have been in a good paddock over COVID. <laughs> That's um, Dale and Woodsy, who are our next matchup. So, <laughs> lot to lot to talk about in this one. We might That's start a crack, with Dale. A crack a game. <laughs> it is a ripping ripping game. I love these sort of week one. I don't know. It's not even rivalry round, is it? It's just it's sort of the yeah. sub rivalry grudge match. Just, yeah, the grudge match is everywhere. So, let's start with Dale, who's aptly named his team Irv, Jr., <laughs> Irv Smith Jr.'s meniscus. Um, he, <laughs> we can get back to Irv Smith in a sec, but his, his team, Russell Wilson as his starting QB, his super flex is Matt Ryan. He's got Mike Davis as his running back. He's running back one. He's got Derek Henry as his other running back. He's got Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, Chase Claypool, Jared Cook as his tight end, and he's got Nick Chubb as his other flex. With Tyler Bass and the Buccaneers, um, just interestingly as well, or sort of of note, I guess, he's also got um, Derek Carr on his bench, which is probably not really of note now that I actually say that. It's not really interesting <laughs> at all. Yeah, um, I think, but, yeah. Go, Matt. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of Dale's team. Like, there's a lot of players I like. Evans, I like at his value. Like, Evans is one player that people just seem to want to write off, and then every year he's good. Yeah. Um, Davis, I like this year. Claypool at 79, I think it's a great pick. I think he could just explode this year. Um, and then Michael Carter should be all right. Uh, Russell Gage, I think, could just be a good player. Like, he's one of those guys who puts up 12 to 15 every week. And then um, uh, Cole Komet, I like as well. So, a um, lot I like. Marquez Callaway, he'll be a he'll be a league winner. You'd, sort it's of guy you'd love to have in him. Dynasty. <laughs> Um, um, and then, then, so Derek Henry at seven in PPR, 
I've, I'm just at this point now where he gets so mm. many touches. I'm at that point where, like, I don't want him anywhere because there's going to be one year and he's just going to drop off completely and you're going to be left holding the bag. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, he had a 1,000 yards this year. He was good, all right. Like, I think it's just one year he's just, like, um, Chris Johnson, where he went from 2,000 yards to, like, nothing. Like, I think it's just there's going to be a point where someone gets caught holding the bag and I don't want it to be me. Yeah, it's a, it's an, that's probably the most interesting um, talking point about his draft. So it's basically like, so do you take, you know, Derek Henry at seven, Russell Wilson at 18, or would you prefer Kyler Murray at seven, Calvin Ridley at 18, or Najee Harris at 18, or Jonathan Taylor or Antonio Gibson, one of those, Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what you're weighing up. He, I have a bit of insight because um, Dale lives within my 5Ks, so I bumped into him at the park after the draft. Um, as our kids were on the swing, as, we did a bit of a debrief. At 1am or just straight after the draft? <laughs> no, no, or... well, we didn't curfew time. We, we, we checked in using the QR code, we wore our masks and we weren't drinking any did you, alcoholic or non-alcoholic did, beverages. Um, were you on the swing or were you pushing? Oh, no, Jack was pushing me. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's better thinking as you kind of have the movement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so two things here. Firstly, I, I thought it was very interesting that I said it on the night. He's gone Derek Henry and Nick Chubb. So basically the two non-PPR. Just on that note, he'd say that he would have taken Eckler, but he didn't realise he was gone when he took yeah. Chubb. So, so, so this is three mm, three really big another one. mistakes, right? So number one, he wanted to take Kyle Murray at seven and then got really panicked by three running backs going beforehand, which I don't really know. He, he thought it was just going to be QBs all over the place. He didn't get panicked um, by three QBs going before? No, no, he thought it was going to be QBs. And he's like, oh, I hope I get Kyle Murray. He's still there. And then suddenly when two, three, four were running backs, he got a bit spooked and somehow then went Derek Henry instead of Kyle, <laughs> uh, which he openly admitted. He, he would definitely intend to take Kyle. He's also traded up to 15. So then once he'd taken Derek Henry, to your point, he could have had basically anyone knowing he's got 15, 18 and he's got another running back. And Wilson. Um, I think he always, once he didn't take Kyler, I think he, he was always wanting Wilson. Um, the other one, obviously, the huge error was Irv Smith Jr., who was taken, who's out for the year, um, which he took with his 14th round pick, sure, but then he kind of backed himself into a corner of Cole Komet. And then the really interesting question I've got on Irv Smith Jr., do you think, a bit similar to Ben with his QB strategy, the fact that it's been publicly discussed, he's now backed into a corner where stubbornly he'll leave him on his IR the whole season just because? Right. Yeah, I think he... I don't, but what's wrong with that? I don't mind that. There's nothing wrong with it, but because Irv Smith, if he didn't, I, I would I would suggest Irv Smith would have gone. Say if we go tight end premium next year, Kamish, um, <laughs> I reckon Irv Smith definitely would have gone higher than eleven. He's not round. that far above eleven, is he? He's, like, he's he, in that ballpark. Yeah, he ballpark. Can just hold on but, next year and not have to worry about it. Sure, but you're holding a guy for an entire year when you it's only get how many keepers do you get? Yep, two or three, three keepers. So, the so basically take him around him. where he goes. No, I know. But what happens if Chase Claypool does his name? Well, then he can well, he's probably not change his same name. Michael Carter does his name. He's probably one that will, you know, starts well or, you know. Well, then he can drop I, him Actually, I guess, yeah. He's, he's not really taken upside guys, actually, has he? He's, First, he's talented early, so, yeah. Oh, second second defense off the board. That, mm. was, um, that was immoral, wasn't it? Was there yeah. any... 
any risk that it wasn't going to be Fitzy, who's gone first D and first mm. kicker. <laughs> I uh, actually, I, I, I'm with you though, Kamish. I like his team in, in general. Um, yeah. I, I like the Matt Ryan, Derek Carr as two, three QB. I know they're not sexy picks, but I just think they're solid. Um, the kind of QBs you want as QB two and three in your team for a super flex. Um, I w- personally would have prepared, would have preferred he paired that up with Kyler Murray and taken someone else at 18. Um, but you know, that's what happens. Well, he could have gone Murray at seven, Chubb at 15, and Eckler at, 20, at 18. Yeah, yeah, or even if he didn't realize Eckler was still there, he could have taken Aaron Jones, even. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Woodsy's team, the old cleats and potatoes. So Woodsy, it's fair to say, had a bit of a panic attack when he couldn't just get fantasy pros to draft for it. And so I don't know how much you guys heard from him in the lead-up, but it was very panicked. Like, you mentioned before, Keeney, that he was questioning who you were going to take at five. He was definitely wanting to know whether I was taking Josh Allen at four. Um, very panicked man who... I thought did okay on the night. So he's ended up with Josh Allen as his QB and Ryan Fitzpatrick as his super flex, Aaron Jones and Miles Gaskin as his running backs, Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, T Higgins as his three wide receivers, Johnny Smith as his starting tight end, and Antonio Brown as his mm. flex. Um, and then loves a early kicker. He's gone Justin Tucker and he's got the Pats as his D. Um, bit of depth. Too, I must say, just jumping into his, but he's gone a few other rookies. So he's got um, Trey Sermon, he's got Jalen Waddle, he's got Rondell Moore. Um, yeah. You know, these are the guys that Antonio Brown. I think a lot of people were probably looking at, and he's taking them in those mid to late rounds. So if one or two of them hit, he's got some okay. nice keeper options. I mean, if you don't take a tight end till round 13, then you should be at least stronger than. Most other people at other positions, like that's where he sort of punted kicker, just taking jo- uh, tight end, taking Jonu. I, I don't mind Jonu this year. So, I mean, if he ends up being pretty good with Mac, like, yeah, it's a smart move. Mm-hmm. But then if he's sort of in that tight end hell, he, he will realise he should have taken Kelsey at six. <laughs> it's, it's funny, isn't it, the sliding doors of who gets taken and therefore what that does to you next. So I really wanted Rondell Moore. Woodsy took him at 163. So 165, I took Devontae Parker, who's kind of same position, but just a complete opposite end of the spectrum, which yeah. particularly given keeper, these little things have a huge impact on your team for years to come. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair call. Um, yeah, it's a, I think it's a pretty, pretty solid team. Um, and as you said, I think it's got room to to improve with a few of those rookies, particularly Sermon. I look at Sermon. I liked him. He was one of the guys I would have liked to walk away with. Um, but he probably went a little touch earlier than I, I would have liked. But, um, you know, like a couple of probably lower end running backs that could could go a bit better, Gaskin and Henderson, they're both in the same sort of tier for me. Like, yeah, yeah they're the running back one on their team, but how... Um, how much will they be used? Is is it is it a full blown committee? Is it not? Not sure. Um, well, this is, yeah, I think it's actually it's a really tweak. It's a funny and very relevant point for both the guys in this matchup because I think you could say the exact same for Mike Davis and Michael Carter, Jets, and then Trey Sermon on the, who are Dale's two as uh, third and fourth running backs, and then Trey Sermon as well. The nine is always go running back by committee. So yeah, 
it's a bunch of guys in that yeah funny mid position. Yeah, but I, I like um, I like Woodsy's receivers. Um, obviously, a couple of older guys, bit of value there. Like if Julio stays healthy, I think that's a nice value at fifty four. Um, and and I like T Higgins as well personally. And Antonio Brown in PPR could be really good this year. Who knows? Um, but again, the the Bucks. That's probably the Bucks. Um, wide receivers are somewhat hard to work out what they're going to do there, but some one of them is going to be good, right? Godwin Evans or Antonio Brown, one of them has to be, has to be yeah. good. So just working out which one it is. I think Antonio Brown's numbers from the period that he played last year back into the year, I think were like good. You know, yeah, like really if good. You, yeah, if you sort of did that for a season, like you'd be very happy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So, who's our tips on this game? Oh, and also just before we do. Marquez Valdez Scanley. Would Woodsy have been better served just literally picking no one? Uh, yeah, there's zero chance. I think that I was, one of the podcasts I was listening to, they're talking about how they think that he's going to be the clear, like he's sort of separated as the number two this year. He's mm. been the clear he's number dropped two him already. for four years. He's dropped him already, by the way. Ah. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's on the bench. I'm looking at Dale's team. You're right. <laughs> he's he's been he's been reported as a clear wide receiver two in Green Bay for four years running. Now yeah, Randall Cobb is stop, now the number two again. Doesn't stop Green him Bay. from dropping the ball every time. <laughs> oh, mark my words, he's on the waiver wire before round three. Without question, without question, zero percent chance he's not. Um, obviously, someone at Fantasy Pros is dating his sister or something. That's the only possible explanation. <laughs> I'm going to tip Dale, even despite all of the potentially big mistakes in his drafting. I still reckon he might get the job done. Yep, I um, I'm with you. I'm tipping Dale in week one. Uh, so the first one we've all agreed on. I'm also going Dale. Oh, oh Woodsy, no, James Dale, yeah. James Dale. He's, now. Woodsy's the uh, first. The, Woodsy's the first bloke to like pipe up and say when's the pod coming, and he's going to yeah. cop the, the three <laughs> minutes of tipping Dale. He, he will he will punch a hole in his transistor when he gets this. <laughs> his transistor. The one hour after you post the podcast, or the WhatsApp will light up with we, some outrage. We should have a timestamp on the pod, Steve, <laughs> <laughs> just to get to our predictions for this matchup, maybe. So Ben he, we, he can get straight yeah, there. We should do that. Um, all right. So moving on to our next game. This is I, I probably spoke a bit too soon when I said our game was the blockbuster, because this is clearly blockbuster. You've got Ben, who, and anyone listening at home, before we talk about this game, just maybe go get yourself a drink, nice piping hot cup of Milo, settle into your comfy chair. We might be on this one for a while. You've got Ben coming up against Pitti. Um, Plenty to unpack in this. Oh, so let, let's let's start with Ben, um, oh. who's gone with the Kelsey Clinton name and still has a picture of Ray Lewis as his profile. <laughs> He's... Um, <laughs> With a few picks to go in the draft, I would have been reading no one as his quarterback. But as it turned out, he's ended up with Jimmy Garoppolo as his starting quarterback. Super flex is Andy Dalton at this point. Um, notably, he's obviously got Justin Fields on his bench as well. So he's got the Chicago QB room covered. His running backs are Raheem Mostert, Miles Sanders. Uh, his wide receivers are Vaccines Beasley, CD Lamb, Jerry Judy. Is this is where it gets very exciting. He's tight end room, Travis Kelsey, and as he's fletched, George Kittle. Um, couldn't bring himself to select a kicker, so that spot's empty at the moment, and he's got the Bills D. 
Well, wow. Theory, man. Where, where thought, do we start I, with this? Well, I thought, and so that's the other thing. This is what's thrown me off, I reckon. The fact <laughs> that Ben's gone Kittle, Kelsey, I'm like, well, it's definitely tight end premium. Has to be. <laughs> so then, so then when old mate Pitsy's there and the, at 44, I've well clearly got to take him. Um, wow, interesting. Just borderline ridiculous start, um, but that's okay. It might might actually work. It's interesting. It kind of takes. So there's probably what would you say four to five elite tight ends in the pool, and the rest is a bit of a shit show, or the rest is similar. Um, mm. So he's taken two of the five. So just having a monopoly at that position week in, week out is interesting. Um, it gives him a, an advantage there, but he just loses a lot of ground elsewhere, I suppose. But um, I think the biggest talking point what we need to get through is that by round 15, or really by round 16, he hadn't had a starting QB on his roster. Now, yeah. this is super flex, and you so haven't picked the, someone that's going to start week one. I was just staring at this, um, at, at this team and trying to think about the best way to explain the gravity of what he's done. He has invested a first and second round pick on one starting position where he can't play. Like he could play on the other in the flex, but he's picked on one starting tight end position. He's invested on the two, effectively the two starting quarterback positions. He's invested a 16th and an 18th round pick. And yeah. And, and really fields and Dalton are the one player. Like yeah, you can't, you yeah. can never play them both at the same time. So yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's bold strategy, Cotton. It, yeah, it's to be fair to probably, Ben, as much as like I, he should have taken a quarterback a bit earlier. I don't actually hate some of his picks. Like I don't mind Kill and Kelsey there. Like maybe Kill I'd wait a little bit more, but Kelsey there is fine. Um, like I love Ceedee Lamb this year. You know I love Jerry G. Um, most it I like. Like Tyson Williams, Armon St. Ra, Cole Beasley, as much as like I just don't want him on my team because he's a dickhead. Um, and so like there's players there I like. It's just, you know, instead of maybe AJ Dillon, maybe take who's the next quarterback off the board, like Fitzpatrick or Derek Carr. You get one of them there and his yeah, team looks yeah, completely yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. Instead of yeah, a backup running back to a guy you don't have. Yeah, um, AJ, he had AJ Dillon and Gabe Davis back to back. Like if that's, as you said, if that's, um, you know, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, and all of a sudden you got your fields pops, then you got Daniel Jones, Derek Carr holding down the fort, then fields comes in for Jones and you, you're looking all right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, that's um, the mistake. It's not the top end. It's more the mid round. That was the mistake. So I have two questions. The first one's for you, Andrew. Did what we just hear of you trying to, Jump this roster up as the first move in you trying to get trades off Ben. Yeah, this is a bit of flattery. (laughs) Uh, That's what that's what it reeked of to me. I look, I've got inside intel that um Woodsy had been sending I haven't got any trades lined up yet. Um I've got to wait till Ben gets annoyed with his team. That's when you send him trades. Um but no Woodsy (laughs) was Woodsy sent an offer of Ben Roethlisberger and Julio Jones for um, Travis Kelsey. Oh, of course he did. Uh, which Ben played away with a straight bat. There's no I way, Ben. Say, I would ben do that. Did. I would do that. If I'm Ben and his team, he has to do that, right? Not yet. You can wait. If, you, yeah, come if, if you're Ben and you've decided to go kill Kelsey, 
you're not surely giving it up for a fourth round and a twelfth round pick or a tenth round pick or whatever. Yeah, already. maybe you get a, maybe you get a bit more, but I'm just saying like so you you insert Ben Roth into there and Julio. I don't I, fits his team demographic better. His team look, as a whole looks better. Oh, totally, totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to do it, you, I think you, you get a heap more than that um, shopping around. But I think my second question was going to be, um, and only, only time will answer this, but I'll, I'll pose it in a provocative way. Is this the biggest butchering of draft in the history of fantasy football? Not a fantasy football, maybe in the Ocho League. <laughs> oh, so you've given him the biggest compliment and then you've given him the biggest whack as well. I was the same. was just pose the question. And... It's it's akin to um, it's akin to changing the rules in the off season, um, and and saying okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do normal lineups, but instead of what we normally do, we're gonna have one running back and four wide receivers, and that's what the roster construction is going to be. And then Ben going out and using his first five picks on running backs. <laughs> that's kind of, of what it's like it's like you're looking at okay what you need to start and going completely the opposite direction <laughs> he's he's taken by the way no kicker so he's still going to drop someone for a yeah. kicker and his probably last two Andy picks Dalton. as we discussed yeah his last <laughs> two picks for quarterbacks so he's, he's he's going to drop someone he's invested a bit of collateral in I the, the one piece of picking up on what you said before Andrew the one piece of positive practice I would give to Ben is I reckon he's got some really good trade chips to sort of straighten his roster up pretty quickly, but he's got to resist trading out the, the good young wide receivers because he's gone with picking a team around that. If he sort of does what he did last year and get a bit panicked early and start getting rid of him, that's where you sort of undo your own strategy. So I reckon he's somehow got to find a way of sticking with them and you know, either writing Ben's, it out for a bit or using the other guys, the older guys to trade. If Ben's keeper management is anything like what he yells at <laughs> the Colling- at Collingwood when they're playing, uh, he'll be getting rid of anyone over the age <laughs> of like 22. <laughs> <laughs> Kittle and Kelsey gone. Yeah. Week two. Um, yeah. There was definite questions being raised during the draft as to whether he understood the keeper thing, just based on some of the dialogue coming through when he was having his picks on the team. Um, but, I mean, you know, actually looking at it in the end, I don't think he's really done it that wrong because Fields second is the right decision. CeeDee Lamb second is the right decision. Gabriel Davis over AJ Dillon is the right decision. Amon Ra is obviously, you always take a god later as a keeper. Yeah. Shava sure. Hubbard over Beasley. Like, so he's literally got it right every time. Pretty much. Kadarius Tony Dog probably the only one. So he kept us entertained, but you can really stuff anything up on that front. <laughs> it was certainly entertaining. <laughs> um, I'm sure it was an entertaining night for him as well. So speaking of entertaining, one of the best storylines of this year is going to be Fitzy in his quest for six, which is his team name. And he's got a really nice, sharp-looking logo there too. So well done to whoever's invested in that one. Um his starting lineup, Matt Stafford is his QB and Zach Wilson as his super flex. He's got Chris Carson and Gus Edwards as his starting running backs. This is beautiful, this next sentence. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel as his three wide receivers. Dallas Goddard as his tight end and Sterling Shepard as his flex. Um, and as always, went absurdly early on 
the kicker and defense position. So he's got the number one ranked Rams and number one ranked Harrison Butker. And yeah. took Hunter Renfro for the Juju as well. I'll, I appreciate that. Um, you also got your boy Thielen on the bench currently. Yeah, he's pretty what? deep. I was just going to say he's, he's deep at receiver. He's also got Odell there as well. Um, just start stealing Shepard over Thielen. That's, I mean, I guess he's just I think projections. But. I think it's because Thielen's questionable at the moment. So he'll probably bring him in if he, once he's confirmed to be playing. Mm. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's definitely deep at, um, at wide receiver. Um, you know, his running backs are, are pretty good. Um, you know, Gus Edwards got a path to, to be pretty relevant. Um, Chris Carson, we know they're, what they want to do. So um, he's going to have some value. I do have some slight, I would have loved him to have one more QB on the roster. Just with mm-hmm. the, the rookie as the, yeah. as the second QB with nothing else behind, that yep. worries me a fraction. Um, as, and you, you got to think in bye weeks as well. Like people thinking in bye weeks, you're just going to have, like, obviously, you can play anyone in the Superflex, but it's just a massive advantage to be able to plug a quarterback. It could win you the week, just having mm. like 20 in there versus a six. My issue is like, what if it wasn't Adam Gase that's the problem? What if it's the Jets and Wilson yeah. just has a capitulation yeah. of a rookie season? Like, yeah. I actually really like him. Like, but yeah. I was looking at taking him, but yeah, there's a good, like, there's a chance that you know, he's just terrible. Yeah. Like, when you, when you take, um, you know, got at one twenty nine, that's fine. Then I, I'm not sure you need to take Hunter Henry at one fifty three. Like I'd, I'd much rather take, you know, Teddy Bridgewater or someone like that as your third. Um, anyway, that's just my opinion. So, but we'll see. I think he seems okay. I think it's pretty good. Um, yeah. he's I do deep like as a receiver. Yeah, like, shit. Yeah. One of my, I, mean, I wanted taking Zeke before I like if he'd taken Zeke at nine. Probably would have taken Eckler, but I was very tempted at going Adams there. Oh, when I had 15, sorry, would be going Adams and then getting Hill or Diggs. And then, like, mm. you go in most weeks, like, you, if they put up, like, there's a chance you put up 80 points from your two wide receivers. Yeah. And, and, and you're then, pretty safe to get 40 from the two, aren't you? Yeah. So it's, like, there could just be some weeks they have, week, like, some weeks where you just can't beat Fitzy if those two go off. Yeah. Mm. I reckon he's, he's, I really he's, like his team. Like, yeah. As a, you know, we talked in this equivalent podcast last year about the old 4.4. You should be winning but, more than that. Yeah. If that, if something's got to go wrong for that team to not be winning, you know, 50% of its games, I thought. Yeah. Um, well, because there's no weak positions. Him. Quarterback, he could go wrong, like we said. But even Dallas got it and Hunter Henry's fine yeah. for two tight ends to be able to pick between. We talked about his wide receivers and Carson Edwards. All right. Like he's never starting a running back in the flex, but he doesn't need to because he's got such depth at wide receiver. So I yeah. like it. And he's projected projected second highest score in week one. So wouldn't that be a, uh, if Fitzy can start the season with a bang, see, that's, I think yeah. the whole league wants it. And he, and he's certainly for mine favorite to win week one. Like I'll be tipping him. Yeah. And to get off yeah, the one of starts, nice. Like on where we've talked about where he's weak, like he's taken Debo as his fifth wide receiver pick 88, where you've got Matt Ryan, two are still on the board. Yeah. Uh, or even Melvin Gordon yep. to give him like and you guys aren't as high on him as I am, but like a running back there that you know is gonna be at least startable for uh, most uh, I think at least half the season. So it's whereas like Debo as your fifth wide receiver, 
you can't yeah. put him on the field. Trey Sermon could have been interesting there as a bit of a yeah. hold and see what happens. Um, yeah. The only thing with Debo is he he could be very good. Like he's a very yep. good wide receiver. So if he, I mean, if Fitzy wants to trade him, there's some pretty good value there. Um, yeah. Also, with Debo is like they've got Kittle back. I think IU I've obviously got him and I was high on him, but I think he's taken over the number one role there. They're going to run it. Like, are they going to be able to feed two wide receivers at tight end running backs? Mm. Mm. Fair point. But I feel very violated that he's basically taken all my handcuffs, even though he doesn't have any of the players. He's got Latavius, he's got Kenyon Drake, just real shadow roster going on over (laughs) at T-Town. Good strategy. If I have a I guess like he saw firsthand how unlucky I was last year, so he's gone up. I'm just getting getting me some of that bandwagon. Going to capitalize again off Steve's misfortune. Who are you tipping, Kamish? Uh, I'll be on Fitzy. Fitzy. Fit I really want to go Ben just because I'd love this to work, but I, I can't. I also want to see you guys get tattoos. So I'm going to start with my heart. <laughs> and go Fitzy. Okay. Then our last matchup of the week, the commissioner coming up against Jared. Um, so the cool. old curse breakers uh, against the fantasy team, two of the stronger teams from last year. Starting with yourself, commission. So you've got old, what, what pick did you take him with, by the way? Ten. Old pick 58, Tom Brady. 58 years old, so nice little synergy there <laughs> as your starting quarterback. And then you've got Ryan Tannehill as your super flex. You've got Zeke Elliott and Joe Mixon. Haven't learned the lesson there as your running backs. Um, you've got Alan Robinson, Terry McLaurin, and Brandon Ayuk as your wide receivers. Robert Tony as your tight end. Damian Harris as your other, as your flex, obviously a running back. Um, Prater and the Ravens. That's your, uh, your starting roster. Um, you've also got just to start the conversation point, you've got Jared Goff and you've got Tyrod Taylor, who you have already, so you've got a couple of other starters in the QB room um, and a little bit of other depth, as we talked about. So, yeah, what do you what do you reckon about this one, Kenny? Um, don't listen to him, Kamish. <laughs> uh, Joe Mixon, 31, is a huge value. Um, I like that. Yeah, bit. I forget that he you traded out of the second so that you took him late. Yeah, um, that's no, a nice value. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty well balanced roster. Three QBs, a um, couple of elite running backs. If they if they go off, um, Zeke's interesting this year. He could have a huge huge season. I think um, if he stays healthy, you know, Harris as your third is pretty decent. You got a few pass catches around him, um, and then you know some. I think your your receiver rooms. Probably a little light on, but you've got a couple of really good ones at the top end um, and tight end. Um, yeah, Higby, Higby should be all right. I'm not a huge Higby fan, but I don't hate it. It's fine. He's in the mix of six to 12, whatever. Um, what about Xavier Jones? Can we talk about that selection on draft night, please? <laughs> yes. Uh, is he a keeper sort of thing? Round four. No, I, I've already cut him. Could have had uh, could have had the Rams defense. Uh, well, no, had, the, so could have had Denver had, defense. Could have had Irv Smith Jr. I had him on my list. A lot of players. It was him <laughs> or Ramondre Stevenson with the two, and I was like, 
Ah, uh, now I'll go Xavier Jones. Like, even though he's low on my list, I just think, like, I'll diversify my list. And then as soon as I picked him, just... No good. Bang. Yeah. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, look, I think it's a pretty solid team, clearly. Um, two, I think both these teams are um, have runs on the board in terms of being competitive year in and year out in, in this league. So it um, should be a good matchup for sure. What do you think of it, uh, Manny? Well... Yeah, I don't. I don't mind it. I, I just on the Xavier, 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 Xavier Jones. Um, in your defence, it's not like you didn't spend the week leading up building complicated spreadsheets. So fair <laughs> enough that you didn't have the same study time to stay up to date with every injury. Um, I reckon it's a pretty solid lineup. It's pretty well rounded. Um, I don't love your tight end room, um, but I think as Keeney said. You've got two really good running backs. You've got two really good wide receivers and you've got two pretty good super flex quarterbacks and you've got to be the depth of every position. So, you know, if you're going to you know, be weak somewhere, tight end's not the worst place. And we did say, I think we said this before we started recording, but my theory, I sort of, I, I really, I think I said this to Dale the other day when we were playing on the swings together as well. I worked out that I don't think you can take an early tight end and actually do well this year because I think just with the, the number of positions you've got to fill, tight end is one position out of more. So it's relative importance is less than it was in previous years. And there's just a, you know, 60 or 70 guys at the top who was just really strong talent. And if you wedge a tight end, tight end in there, you're in a bit of trouble. So I reckon if there's one position you can be weak, it's tight end. So yeah, I think you're going to be thereabouts again. I hate to say, but I reckon your side's looking pretty good. Um, typically, typically, Kamish does his best work post-draft with his... Yeah, exactly. Um, You've got room to work. Just lubing people up and just absolutely getting <laughs> them over and, and putting one through them. So I'm looking forward to whenever that happens. Yeah, you must have been excited when Ben, who obviously I sort of refer to him as your seconds, he <laughs> took... Guys like Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb, who yeah, I'm sure you're just, just sort of licking your lips going, oh, that'll look just, nice in my starting team. Just, I, see, just I wasn't happy with that because Ben won't trade a young guy. Like, I'll be able to get with Keeper, like, he won't give up anyone young, I'm almost certain. So, um, like, as much as I want Fields, and I'll be peppering him with trades for Fields because I love him and Judy as well, but I, I feel like Ben's going to hold on tight to them. Um He's not, like I'll have to find someone younger. I'll have to get some <laughs> random rookies in my team. Give him a, a keeper player who's in high school, just yeah. for the future. <laughs> Were you happy with your draft? Yeah, I think so. Like Zeke, I was high, like he was sort of who I was targeting with pick 10. Um, and then with the trade back, I really wanted Mixon or CEH. I was like, they were both there at 31. And then I just think Mixon, I think Mixon's undervalued in that he's he only has really been injured last year. And then now they've there's no one else there. And when they actually throw the ball to him, like he's like that was you would have seen me in the WhatsApp group last year, just frustrated because when they use him in that yeah, role, he's, he's so good at it. Yeah. Um and then got rid of Geo. Yeah, got rid of Geo. And then the guys behind him are just like late rookie picks. Um, Interestingly, Joe Burrow does a bit of quarterback sneaking once he gets around the goal line, I've noticed, which... Will he, though? 
Um, it's not a place you're going to do your knee again necessarily, is it? Just diving over the pack. My homes got hurt doing it uh, two years ago. Cost me. They think they'll just be super conservative with him. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But just like those tall guys, they can just, like Peyton did it, you know, you just stand there and lean over. Just like, you don't even have to really do anything. It's it's not like he's Cam Newton charging through guys. I don't know. But we'll see. Time will tell. Yes, it will. Um, all right. Then your opponent this week, Jared, um, who just sort of does well. It doesn't make mistakes, I reckon, Jared. He so his team... Pardon? I feel like he's always got a like top end. No, nah, he was late player. first round last time because uh, he, he took yeah. Devontae Adams in the first oh, yeah, round, like pick nine or ten or something. Jeez, I remember who else McCaffrey at pick two is a win, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we all three of us said we would have taken him at pick one. So, you know, that's a consensus pick one based on podcast hosts. Um, so he's got <laughs> Justin Herbert as quarterback. He's super flex. He's got Joe Burrow. Um, loves a rookie from last year, clearly. Mm. Then CMC and CEH as his two running backs. Loves an acronym. He does. Um, in the wide receiver room, loves a young guy. He's got, um, he's got, sorry, Jacoby Myers. He's got Michael Pittman Jr. And he's got Jamar Chase. And then as his tight end, oh, geez, I've lost him. As his tight end, he's got uh, Darren Waller and he's got David Montgomery as his flex. Um, arrogantly, no kicker, no defense on his mm. list at this point in time. And he's not projected to lose to you by that much, which is not a bit of an ominous sign. He also took Mac Jones as well, which was a another young quarterback pick. So he's got a total of two years' experience from his three QBs at this point in time. A <laughs> mm. um, couple of just quick ones from mine. I've got some insights onto this. So the first one, I think you'd think he's pretty happy getting CMC at two. Um, on the three or the two three turn, he really wanted Darren Waller. He told me, and so as it got close, he was worried if he didn't take Waller with twenty three. So he wanted a couple of guys. He wanted Waller and a quarterback. He was worried with twenty three that if he he either took Waller, but he would then risk not getting the guy he wanted with the next one. So he took Justin Herbert so that if Camo took Waller, he could trade with him. Basically, well, and the other thing is, there's if he didn't take Herbert at 23, there was no way he was getting there at 26. No, and I, I, he wanted Waller more than Herbert. He wanted them both, but he wanted Waller the most. So he went, I'll take Herbert first, and then if Camo, when Camo drafts Waller, I'll then trade him, swap like immediate trade the two, and if he doesn't take him, I'll get both. So played that one well, I reckon. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> um, just, just predictable camo. Um, yeah, so you know, it was interesting. What, what did you guys like about this one? The biggest takeaway for me is, uh, gee whiz, he is light at wide receiver, like mm. proper light. Yeah. Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, Jacoby Myers, Brian Edwards, Terrace Marshall, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, tough to start two or three every week for mine. Um, so probably he'll only well he has to start three doesn't he so um, yeah so, I, so I'd, I'd be concerned by that. I'll go through the teams who I would say comfortably have all three wide receivers better than his best wide receiver. So I would say me with DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown, Tyler Lockett, 
I'd say Yukini with Ridley, Jefferson, and Deontay Johnson. I would Johnson. hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say Woodsy with DK Metcalf, Julio, and T. Higgins. Um, I would say Fitzy with Devontae, Tyreek, and Adam Thielen. I would say Havers with Diggs, Goodwin, and Cup. I would say, oh, I mean, Cam, he's taken three before him, but his third one was Michael Thomas, so there's probably jury out on that one. Mm. Um, even Andrew, <laughs> definitely. Um, Terry McLaurin, Alan Robinson, Brandon Ayuk. So he's basically well half made. the field has all wide receivers better than his best one. Obviously, Jamar Chase has got big upside. but Yep. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's ro- it's there's not many rookie wide receivers that go nuts. So I know Jefferson did last year, but... That's not the. But even even then, if you were two or three, yeah, he did nothing at the start of the year, and yeah. you could easily have gone. No, he's the bust. He moved on. Yeah. Also, just just on him having poor wide receivers. How long does it take you guys to get like when you're like, oh, I'm playing Jared. Like when I was like playing, uh, sorry, I was playing him. How long does it take you to get over what you think about his team from last year? So I was like, oh, Jared. I'm like, oh, he's got good wide receivers, and I'm like, look at him. <laughs> oh no, that was last yeah. year. Yeah. 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 I, I just don't know how you've got confidence starting. Like, I think Myers, you could probably start, but like Edwards, Marshall, Pittman, you're going to have to start one of them every week. That would scare the shit out of me. Well, you, uh, you, could, think... you could have like, you could have like a 2.5 out of yeah. one of those guys. I know I could say the same about my running backs, but um... I, I like, I like a couple of them. Like, I like Jacoby Myers as an example, but I think yep. you want to play him early. Because even if he ends up with some good wide receivers, he doesn't know who they are yet. Yeah. So you're likely to get him picking the wrong guy. So I think like you've got him at the exact right time, Kamish, because he uh, might just get lucky. Redraw. But then I did get him CMC playing the Jets. So, I mean, he could just win the game off CMC putting up 80. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, because he got CMC, it might be okay. Yeah. Well, he's projected. Right. When he puts in a defense and a kicker, he's going to be projected to win relatively yeah. comfortably. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, wide receiver is not the worst position as well. Like, you, you're definitely going to lose points to a Fitzy with Adams and Hill, but it's not that hard to find someone who can score you 10. Yeah. Mm. But then I wonder, so with the extra bench spot and a starting three wide receivers, where normally, like, I normally waited on wide receiver because I was like, I, I know I can get someone competent. Like, I got Robbie Anderson last year off the waiver. Year before, I think I got uh, Terry McLaurin. It's like, it, will it, will you actually be able to get those guys easy? Like, obviously, there'll be some, but it's not going to be as easy as it's always been. And I think, yeah, yeah. and the, my biggest issue is there's, he doesn't have one that, unless Chase is a star, he doesn't have, like, an anchor wide receiver. That he can like no. at least plant his flag on that one and then try and pick around it. Yeah, agree. Um, so anyway, but that's you know we, if you if you're light on wide receiver, you're pretty good elsewhere, and he's projected to win week one because of that. He's he's pretty strong. You know, David Montgomery and his flex is a pretty nice luxury to have. Herbert, Joe Burrow, as your two QBs is nice. Darren Waller, one of the top tight ends, so he's pretty loaded elsewhere. Um, yeah, so he just whether that holds him in good stead or not. I think you can draft. And have one weak position as you were talking about earlier, Keeney, and then trade and waver your way up on that position, particularly wide receiver. That's probably the easiest one to do it. Um, and just thinking about your point, Andrew, about the extra bench spot, I don't actually think it's going to matter because I reckon on average everyone's going to have an extra bench spot filled with a QB. Yep. 
10, 10 so I feel like maybe it ends up even in the wash. And obviously, you know, you're going to have the fitsies of the world with three kickers taking up spots. So there's probably <laughs> going to be a bit. I reckon Can't wide receivers that. is probably the only position where you'll be able to find stuff on the way to say. This is coming from a bloke that rostered two kickers <laughs> after the draft. They're important, particularly now we've gone super flex. Okay, so what's our tips for this game? Um, tip it, Andrew. Uh, Give me the commish. I'll take Andrew. I'm going to take Jared. Um, I'll just go with the projections, and I think he can overcome the wide receiver corpse. Soft. (laughs) All right. So we're we're doing (laughs) relatively well for time. I think our listeners, obviously, Woodsy has already turned off once we no one tipped him. But (laughs) everyone else who's hung with us, I think you might even be disappointed this isn't a three-hour spectacular. So we might finish off with just a quick uh, best team drafted from each of you, worst team drafted from each of you, best pick of the draft from each of you, and worst pick of the draft from each of you. So yeah, I can... Well, I'll look. I, I'll give you... Um, I, I can go on the first. We, we might start with our best picks first, and I can go first if you like, because I don't have the, uh, the Jeopardy music queued up, because that's a little bit above my technical skills. I'm not Ben Parker when it comes to this stuff. So... Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Not go, like I'm gonna go myself aside because I actually probably think mine's the best. But not not going with own teams. I reckon Havers was the best drafted team for mine. Yep, that's uh, that's probably a fair call. I think he's in the top three for sure. Um, I think I think Camos is pretty good, but I don't want to talk about him. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Baby Shark to do to do to do's. I'm gonna go with Dale here. Um, yeah, I I just like yeah I just like kind of every element of his team. I think he got good value when he needed to. Um, he's got some <laughs> some, some um, good running backs, good receivers. Um, Cole Komet will be fine. Good, good quarterback depth. Um, I think he can be up there. Yep. I was going to say I love your your about face that you've gone from thinking it was tight end premium to oh it's fine to take an injured tight end and then take one in. <laughs> you still well, yeah, got clearly. the best team. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, yeah, I wish I did the same. Kamish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go Dale as well. With honourable mentions to Havers. Uh, there's a couple of teams that, like, if there was one pick different, like, Camo's team, I'd like a lot more if he'd taken different tight end instead of Fan. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, Fitzy, I think if he'd taken a, a well, third, second at the time, quarterback instead of Debo, he might be my top team. But with just the two quarterbacks and relying on Wilson, I'll give it to Dale. Yeah. All right. Dale's going to love hearing that. Uh, let's go best pick. Of the draft. Go, Kamish. Thanks for that. Uh... I got one. I got one. I got one if you don't. Yeah, you, uh, you, you start us off. All right, I'll start us off. Um, so for me, it was, we haven't even talked about this bloke. Um, I'm just getting up some stats from him. Um, Will Fuller, pick 124. Mm. Um, new team could be like he suspended one week, yes. But, um, Obviously, new team with the Dolphins could easily step into wide receiver one. I think their offense could take a step forward. 
like through 12 games last year, his first 12, I know the whole suspension thing, um, but he was like a wide receiver seven or something on the season mm. through, mm. through 12 games. He was awesome in a shit team in Houston. I know they'll throw the ball a bit more, but I just think, you know, 124, he's probably like wide receiver 30 off the board. Um, mm. I think it's, it's huge. So I liked him. Um, I was kind of one guy I was trying to get um, a little bit later. I probably had enough wide receivers already, so I didn't bother. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I like that one. Yeah. Um, I think mine has to be Woodsy with Fitzpatrick at 115. I just, I like, I've always liked Fitzpatrick, but I think just in Washington, I think he could do really well. Um, and then I'll give some honorable mentions to CD Lamb and Austin Eckler picks. Just, I like both those. Um, CD, I was probably going to take at 39, but Ben jumped me taking him at 37. So yeah. just to confirm, CD would be a first-round keeper next year. Is that right? Yep. May, yeah. may well may well be about correct value. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think that's going to be a steal. But put no, I think if you get a late first-round pick, it could be yeah, he's in that sort nice. of Adams range. Yeah, it could be. I, I'm split between two. Um and I'll go again with the one that's not mine. So I think I got a bit of value, but the, the, my honourable mention, which might be, I just reckon Deshaun Watson, just because in Superflex, I get him next year as a ninth round pick. Um, and he's a you know top six or seven quarterback, assuming he plays. If not, I lose nothing. Um, but now the one I actually probably like the most of all, and I was gutted that I didn't get him, um, was Travis Etienne. Uh, which Keeney took in the 13th round, just because I reckon he's, uh, even in Superflex, he's probably, you know, there's he's no difference between him and someone like... Um, J.K. Yeah, Dobbins? Uh, yeah, well, well, yeah, even... But I reckon he's even potentially more upside than J.K. Dobbins. Like, I think he comes in more touted than he was. Um, he was arguably... Like, him and Najee Harris are no different in my mind. Mm. Najee Harris, I reckon, just gets a bit of a better nod because he has gone to the Steelers. But, you know, he, he could be any, and you're going to get him for a 10th round in next year. So I reckon that's pretty good off for me. Thanks. <laughs> who, who would have thought pick of the draft is me taking a running back? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to help you much in the short term. Um, yeah. Worst, worst team? Actually, no, let's do worst pick first. Worst pick of the draft. Cool. Couple of clear candidates outside of Xavier Jones and yeah, are we Jones removing people who pick players on up that were already sure, injured? Sure, sure. The... Okay, yeah, we can remove those two. Uh, look, controversial and maybe maybe a stupid comment, but leave me out of Saquon Barkley at pick fourteen. Just leave me out of it. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't want anything to do with a the Giants' offense and b someone coming off a car crash ACL. Look, he may be a freak and he may be fine, but um, at that at that end of the draft, I'm just worried about it. So I, no, not for me. I love the way you phrase that. That's exactly how I feel as well. But very eloquent. Just leave me out. I just don't want to buy it. Is exactly how I feel too. I don't want any the podcast that at all. I listen to. They're like, don't draft injured players. You're going to have injuries find you anyway. Why go out looking for him? 
Yeah, but then you can also hear Stage other guys that say you can hear other guys that say, "Look, he could be a league winner," which is fair. Like yeah. he could, if he goes nuts, he could be. But I just don't rate that offense. I don't rate the quarterback. I don't rate the offensive coordinator, and I don't rate their offensive line, who's ranked thirty-two. Um, I, there's red flags everywhere with Saquon, and for to be pick fourteen, um, it's high. It's just high risk for me. Yep. Kamish. Um, so I'm going to go, so honourable mention I'll give to Fant, who I mentioned before. Just like You hate Camo. This is good. <laughs> uh, like I like Fant's talent, but I just think that yeah, there's too many like options. And Teddy, like he's not going to lock onto him and he's already under an injury cloud and he was you know, the third Denver player that he took. But like we're not going to be <laughs> yeah, an elite yeah, offense true. like as much as I would like us to. Um, uh, but I'm going to go with Jamar Chase at 75. Like, mm. I just don't think that, you know, he's dropping it. He's, I didn't play last year from memory. Um, when you've got like Tyler Boyd next, um, even like Odell Beckham in the like guys that you know can produce, whereas Jamar might not produce till next year. And then you're going to keep him for a fourth if he doesn't have a good year this year. Like, it's, yeah. It's yeah. just a pick I would I'm not about. And and he's interesting. So he's and as we've talked about with, with Jared's team, he's kind of his first wide receiver he took. But I just think it's interesting. You look at kind of Cincinnati's three wide receivers, Higgins went at 67, Chase at 74, and Boyd at 75. So that for me just kind of sums up it's a bit of a shit show in Cincinnati. Like which one, which one do you want? Um yeah. and if that's your first wide receiver, it could go, he could be wide receiver three in that team easily. I was going to ask that question actually because they all went within eight picks. What are the what's the order the three of you the three you take them in? I've year? got I've got the kind of the order it went. So Higgins, Chase, Boyd, but um, I think Higgins is a bit high. I'd have Higgins in a tier above the other two for me. I would have because he's done it. Yeah, hmm. um, Higgins and Boyd sort of a and then Chase way lower, but like. Based on that ADP, like I prefer Boyd because he was a bit later, but uh, I like Higgins as well. Yeah, I probably would go with the order they had it, but I, I, I think if if the picks are in the 60s, I probably am less interested in Chase. If the picks are in the 90s, I probably have him first. Yeah. Just because yep. of upside. So it sort of it depends where I'm a bit for mine. Um, okay. So for me, there's a couple, I'll, I'll, I'll take you through my thinking here because <laughs> when we obviously, I wasn't really planning ahead. And so as soon as we started talking about this, I thought, right, I've got to find a worse pick. I immediately locked straight on to Fitzy's team, just out of habit, and just looked straight <laughs> down the list and was actually like, no, there's nothing there. <laughs> Don't really like him going so early on a defense, but no, I, I can't find Q12 this year. Then I thought, all right, Dale always does something stupid, so I've gone straight to his team. No, no. nothing to go there. <laughs> then I remembered the draft that we just had and just went straight across to Ben's team. And I found several examples there. So I reckon the big one, someone's got to call it. I reckon Kittle is probably going to end up being the worst pick of the draft. Um, but an honourable mention was, I reckon, Miles Sanders as his third-round pick. Just felt like he went really early on him. Um, he almost could have still been there at 60. And if you consider the fact that, what, Josh Jacobs, 56, Gus Edwards, 64, do you really need to take Sanders 30 picks earlier than that? Chris Carson at 40. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So so that was probably the one the one for me. Um, 
Kittle and Sanders take your pick of the two. So, yeah. And I guess it's not really a pick, but the whole quarterback situation he got himself into <laughs> wasn't great either. As someone who had Sanders last year, I'm very glad I don't own him this year. It's a frustrating ride. I think yeah, so. Yeah. Last year was a frustrating ride. If you had him any other year. It was only his second year last year, wasn't it? Yeah, well, if you had him the first year. <laughs> but I, 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 but you're I right, feel like... Been, you've just been inconsistent week on week. It's hard to start him sometimes. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Kenny, this would all be up your alley, but um, and, and I'm going to get very sort of podcast boring here for a second but um i'm very interested in sort of behavioral economics and like the biases people have around yeah things and one of the things that i reckon is just dripping when it comes to fantasy is people well there's, there's two i would say two really clear biases that everyone has number one we completely overvalue the guys that we have versus yep. the people on other people's rosters like if you flipped the situation, they're really obvious trades that you're taking that you don't take it because it's like, oh, no, I like this guy. Um, the second one is we're really biased against our experience we've had with a player. Like yep. forgetting numbers. Like you have a bad year with him and you just like don't want him, regardless yep. of the fact that he's clearly the best guy. And I think like that's where I made the comment, Andrew, about Joe Mixon. Correct. I reckon he might have been a great pick at 15, but you probably wouldn't have taken him there. And it sort of it takes him to slip to 31 before you're like, oh, final go again. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, at 15, you're taking Eckler or Jones or someone a bit. But yeah, it's, I mean, I had sort of like doing, when doing, I was doing my prep, I was like reading up. I'm like, oh, I think Mixon is going to be there at that pick. And like, am I going to take him again? I sort of had to talk myself into it. And then sort of once I was like, started taking him mocks, I'm just like, I know, I'm back in on him. He had one bad year. Yeah. He's my boy again. Yeah, but you're right, sir. Every year that happens. Every oh, year. Yeah. Like, whatever league you're in, someone there's going to always be someone who goes, no, nah, I'm never drafting him under any circumstances. <laughs> like, well, hold on. What if he gets to pick 60? Are you going to take him then? Yeah. No, nah, I'm it's, not doing it. it it's, it's so hard to be objective. And, and even things like, like I, did, I said I didn't want Kirk Cousins. It's partially because I just, fine. yeah, he's fine. And I just don't want him to fail twice in one day for me. You know, like my team loses, and you have those little things that creep in there as well. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm glad, but yeah, so I'm I think Miles um, Sanders is one of them. The people, and maybe Josh Jacobs is another. But if you had him last year, you feel annoyed and you don't want him again. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you, um, you know, prefaced what you're about to say with saying how boring it was, and then crossed them my opinion on it. So it was good. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that. Well, I thought. Well, well, actually, while we're on it, is there any other big ones? As a, as a guy that drafts for a living. Are there any other big biases that just slip in? Oh well, clearly, clearly team bias. Clearly, like I, yeah. If you're if you're weighing up one player versus another, and you go for Minnesota, you're going to take Thielen over Kenny Galladay, wouldn't you? Yeah. Is, is that a like exposure bias where you just it could be know more could about be. them, or is it more yeah, like I, a Homer thing? No, I think yeah, it's probably more exposure just because you know more about it doesn't mean you actually do know more about it. Yeah, you know yeah. more about one side, but you don't know more about the other. So you, you just think you know more about the whole situation as a whole. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, there's probably a okay. few um, <laughs> li- listeners uh, email in to uh, Osho at gmail.com with your bias suggestions. <laughs> we've, um, we've definitely put everyone to sleep. So let's wake them back up again with worst team. Unfortunately, I'm not sure this is. There's a whole lot of controversy in this one. 
Um, we talked about we talked about Ben's team a little bit. Um, I just think year one of Superflex, you'll see how hard it is to get by with one. Even just having two is going to be difficult. So um, he would be mine. Um, like, I'm not going to go Ben. I'm going to go Reese. Just like the more I look at Reese's team, the more I don't like it. Like, there's a chance that, you know, Cook will always be good boys on the field. But then Gibson, he just stays a two down back because McKissick's so good at catching passes. Rogers doesn't show up. Hurts is just not as good as we think he could be. And then not great wide receivers. Just, yeah. Mm. No, I'm, I'm going Reese. It's a good show. Like at least like Ben, Kittle and Kelsey, like he's got two elite players, whereas Reese, I think, could only have one if Gibson sort of doesn't take that leap. Mm. I'd be legit thinking. concerned about Minshew. Like them signing Minshew would worry me if I owned Hertz mm. a little bit. Because yeah. there's nothing that he hasn't proven to be good, Hertz. Oh, he no, scrambled. Yeah, he scrambled. That's fine. But yeah, startable. Yeah, but like if Philly just Philly if Philly go into the tank right, so say Philly start one and six, and they just go into the tank, they're like, well, we were, we don't want Hurts to get injured running the ball. Let's just stick Minshew in there and tank mm. our way to fucking three and fourteen. And thanks for pick one. Mm. Like that's conceivable. I was just thinking as you mentioned Reese's team about Dobbins and what is the true cost of taking these guys for his keeper, and I guess you got to go. So Dobbins is is costing you pick 10 plus pick 7. Oh, sorry, a 10th rounder plus a 7th rounder. Like if you're – so, you, you like, you know, it's not like you take a guy in the 13th and you get him 10th next year, but you get him twice. You're getting him once. So a bit, like I was saying, ETN, yeah. I like that because it's going to cost you a 13th and a 10th to get a maybe a 4th rounder, so yes. hypothetically. But I guess if you think about it in trade value like that, like what is it? Could you trade a – Third round for a or fourth round for a tenth and a thirteenth, absolutely. So my logic going in was I was like, I'm not going to take him because if I'm good, then I don't really care right about them. This. And then and if I'm so bad, many. you'll be able to get them off people. Like if mm. you know, if you're good, Keeney, and I'm crap, and you know, I'm like, cool, I'll give you Zeke, but I want some player and ETN or whatever, and you're yeah. like top two or three, you're going to do it because you're winning like, the league. Yeah, you want to win yeah, the league. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I just don't think it's worth the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. But then it's, but, but to that argument, isn't it good that I'm the one you'd go to? Oh, yeah. But I think the, I'd rather just have the, the potential player that's going to help yeah. me win it this year. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, yeah. You can pivot, pivot if you need to. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. discussion. It is. And, and so just to round it out, I'm going to, I've got to go Ben. I hate to say it. You could trade his way out of it, but I think as it stands right now, worst team drafted. Um, all right, one one final one. In a word, your pick for the Ocho champion. Who's going on the belt? Kamish. We can't pick ourselves. Mm, okay. uh, and it's so fun if you pick yourself. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go... Uh, well, aside from myself... Uh, pick one, me. Pick two. I'm going to go Jared. I just think I mean, you've got CMC, you got Waller. You can build around that. And I trust that he's going to put in enough to get the good wide receivers. 
Okay. Um, outside myself, uh, oh, I don't want to say Camo because of how <laughs> he sucks, but um, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not saying Camo. I'm not copping that. Um, all right, I'm going to reverse Moz this. I'm going to say Woodsy. Oh. Purely just a reverse Moz. <laughs> I'm going to go... Probably was going to go Jared as well, to be honest. Um, wow, really? I think, I think he can just... I think he's got he's enough got to... He's a really good operator in season, and I think he can uh, make his way through the wide receiver conundrum. Um, honorable mention to Keeney, but I'm not going to pick you just because I think again you can work your way through the running back thing. Um, yeah. But I'm going to I'm going to go Havers. Yeah, year of the Haver. Huge. I'm saying huge. Two point oh. And and for me, our honorable mention Kamish just because he lubes up every year and just yeah, we use up two teams else. to pick from. Yeah, yeah you like a Formula One team. You've got like your second team. Yeah. You know, you're like Red Bull who, and you've got who makes way when when he needs the, the yeah. number one driver to go. All right, boys, we're taking your best driver. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelsey Kill, you're in. He'd be your top two tools. Well, probably a good spot to finish it. I, I'm sure at some stage we'll give everyone a bit of a right reply and an opportunity. Yep, for sure. Thanks, Gents. Good luck for Friday and good luck for getting up early Sunday night. Can't wait. Absolutely. Ruby, 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 Ruby!